<laughs> Roland Duran sounds like a band from the eighties. So it's our, like a, or like an artist from the eighties. Like Roland Duran had a one hit wonder in 1984 <laughs> called Go, Go, Go. And it's like by Roland Duran. He's like, go, 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 go. I need to go, go, go. That's more like fifties, but whatever. You get the picture. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to another Star Wars podcast, Bad Batch Breakdown series. I'm your host, Melissa. And I'm your host, Matt. So welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. If you're just joining us for the first time, uh, Matt and I are another Star Wars podcast, as the title explains, and we're going to be breaking down the latest and greatest from Star Wars. Unfortunately, we didn't get to The Mandalorian, which is a bummer. But hopefully we'll get into season three as soon as that airs. I had a I had a nightmare last night actually that season three Mandalorian started and it was a really good episode and we didn't we forgot to record our reactions to it and we forgot to do an episode on it. I legitimately dreamed this last night because yesterday I woke up to some news that they like Comic Con posted some kind of poster of like Luke Skywalker and Grogu. Oh, I guess that's and, uh, a, a good segue into the show. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so I don't know. I, I saw this yesterday. I saw Comic-Con posted a photo of Luke Skywalker, a long, young, hunky Luke with a little Grogu, and they're like forcing around parts of a lightsaber, and, and Luke's holding a yellow kyber crystal. So I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it probably has something to do with maybe, hopefully, some kind of Luke Skywalker live action show where it's like Luke Skywalker's Jedi Academy or something. Uh, which could be really cool. I don't know how they do that. If it'd be CGI or they get Sebastian Stan or something, but that's exciting news. So I think that's what prompted it in my head. I, I like dreamed that like a new Star Wars show came out and we didn't talk about it. And I was like, ah, I woke up this morning. And I was like, you stupid idiot. But then I was like, oh, it was just a dream. Thank God. Yeah, that's actually a, a great, that's a great way to segue into the show. Yeah. But I did see that circulating online. I am very, very skeptical though, because Lucasfilm is known for its secrecy on things. And so to reveal something like that seems a little strange to me because that would be considered a huge spoiler. So I'm kind of in the minority of thinking it was just like a fan work that was officially licensed by Lucasfilm. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, like, like it, 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 the biggest thing for me on that is just the fact that that would be a huge reveal if that was true. And Lucasfilm is not really known for doing that you know yeah. like they try to keep things as secret as possible but that's that's just my two cents yeah I agree I think it'd be a little weird like I mean it is a cool teaser I guess it kind of mm -hmm. would make some kind of sense but it is I mean maybe it was just like a fan thing that yeah they just licensed it and they released it because it was cool and it kind of gives people a visualization as to what happens in the prologue of uh or epilogue rather of uh Mandalorian season two mm -hmm. uh, but it's a cool picture I mean if you look at it you got Luke Skywalker's not wearing all black you know he has more like the Jedi beige robes going on and then he got out of his emo face he said he's 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 not goth anymore <laughs> he's now uh he's now a regular jedi luke which is it's kind of i mean it's a cool it's a cool photo uh and it's definitely i mean it's worth talking about because if it does end up being something you heard it here first on this show <laughs> i saw this thing blowing up on friday and a couple people texted it to me and i was like i don't know guy like yeah, i don't know what to think i'm, I'm, I'm i like you know it's I, you know, for new people in the show, we like to theorize, we like to like throw crazy stuff out there and uh, guess as to what could be in store in the future. But I I'm always very skeptical as well. It's like, I'm not going to get my hopes up and sit here and be like, oh, this is definitely happening and go down too deep of a rabbit hole. It'd be a Let's just wait, be patient. We'll see what comes out. But yeah, I mean, if I guess my point too is if like for the new people, let's say maybe some of the new people listening aren't super huge Star Wars fans. Maybe they didn't know about that and they found out about it on this show because that's what we want. I mean, we want real Star Wars like fans listening to the show, but I also, 
I want people who maybe aren't as familiar with Star Wars to tune in and listen. And maybe you get some nice little tidbits that you didn't know about before, or you get some nice insights that you didn't think about when the shows were airing. And that's what we're here for. Melissa's a little bit more knowledgeable into the details (laughs) of Star Wars. And I'm just kind of like your average guy on the street who's trying to understand this stuff because I like the show. And so that's like what we're trying to do here is like, there's something for everyone. If you want to get deep into the Star Wars stuff, Melissa's probably the one to talk about. Although I think I know a decent amount, but then I'm like, you know, the guy on the street, I don't know everyone's names and stuff. I'm just doing my best and I appreciate the show. And I'm just trying to share that appreciation. So there's something for everyone here. And if you are tuning into the show for the first time, and that's the first time you saw the Luke Skywalker Grogu thing, you're welcome. We, 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 we showed it to you. So that's the news to start the show off with today, I think. Yeah, that perfect start, perfect segue into the show. We do have an episode of Bad Batch to break down. We are breaking down the uh, 13th episode of Bad Batch. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's correct. I'm like, I'm, lo- I'm slowly losing track. I am too. I am too. You know, because uh, this show's been running since May. Yeah, it's been on for a while. I was actually thinking about that the other day. We've been doing this for several weeks now. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, it's a thir- it's a thirteenth episode. I'm okay. At it now. So the thirteenth episode is titled "Infested." And the description is to save a friend. The batch plot a mission to sabotage a gangster's operation. That's a great description right there. And that's it pretty is. much exactly what happens, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you kick us off? What were your initial thoughts? So not a lot happened in this episode plot-wise. I think I'm going to start off with, um, I don't want to say the negatives, but I'm going to start off with, uh, you know, my honest thoughts because I don't want to like sugarcoat anything. So my honest thoughts are this. This was a, a fine episode. It was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun little side story. However, I did feel very strongly that it was misplaced in this season Okay. with where the story is going right now. Because if you look at where the Ryloth episodes ended, they end on kind of an intense note, like the Batch escape. Hunter has some conflict about Crosshair. Hunter has some conflict about like how involved they should be now that the Empire is out and hunting them. And Crosshair asks um, Peter Pumpkin. I can't remember his name. Admiral... Uh, Rampart, Peter. Rampart. Admiral Rampart. Admiral go. Rampart. He asked Admiral Rampart to pursue the Bad Batch for God knows whatever reason, but he asked permission to hunt them down. Yeah. So we end on this really intense note. And so for me, watching this episode, this following episode, I felt like it was misplaced in the sense where they only have uh, three left, two, three episodes left. And I felt like they should be strictly focused on crosshair and the bad batch and the empire and the potential of the Camino uprising if they're going to bring that into the show and so I feel like had this episode come before the Ryloth episodes it would have flowed better with it coming immediately after a intense episode like the Ryloth ones it just felt a little off yeah that's That's a fair point yeah that's what I'm going to kick off with other than that I thought the episode was a fun side adventure. It's a little weird to me that they're still working for Sid considering the fact that they had to pay off a debt and now that Omega essentially paid it off, you think that they would go off and, I don't know, do the next thing, which would be saving Crosshair. So yeah. I thought that was weird that they're still working for Sid. But why, yeah, why'd they go back? It's like, what's the point of going back? Right. You kind of close that chapter. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I mean, the episode being misplaced, just to kind of go back for that for a second, I think this would have been much better like right after they started working for Sid in episode yes. eight or nine, whatever. It, it would have been, I mean, it's fine. It's, it was a, 
good episode objectively with mm-hmm. good writing but uh, yeah i think that's probably would be my biggest criticism too is just it's a it's a bit strange placement in the season but i'm still fine with it i'm not like right like, you like, well here's, better. here's the thing it's not that the episode the episode was not badly written like no. i just want to put that out there i saw a lot of people criticizing it uh as its merit as a story and i'm like whoa guys this was not a bad episode it was not a bad story or bad animation or whatever you want to call it the biggest criticism with it is that it just didn't fit in the season where it should have fit in my personal opinion like it just needed to be put someplace else so that was probably the biggest criticism um i loved the indiana jones vibes in this episode i thought it was very temple of doom like and i really appreciated that i thought that again the animation super amazing i loved the lighting i loved the environments i thought they had a couple lord of the rings callbacks yep 100 percent. that's my thing too yeah trying to think what else i thought it was interesting to see more how the crime syndicates are functioning particularly a big one being the involvement of the pikes which i do want to talk about because that was probably the biggest takeaway from this episode in some to give you the spark notes version i liked the episode i enjoyed it however i did feel like it was misplaced in the season yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I thought it was a very well-written episode. That's mm-hmm. that's probably my biggest takeaway was it was one of the notes I wrote down was um, extremely well-written episode. They fit a ton into a 30-minute episode. I can't believe all the plot points they hit. You know how hard it is to do? The amount of stuff they crammed in there so succinctly with like they go to you know the bar or whatever. They have to come up with this plan. They have to execute the plan. They get in the fight and then... There's more action and then the pikes come in and then they screw everything up for them. They have to go back and retrieve the spice again. So it's like, that's a lot of stuff to fit in. So I yeah. thought that the writer, whoever wrote this episode did a very good job of, of fitting all that in and, and um, making it an entertaining episode. Uh, Cause I was right. like halfway through, I'm like, they've done so much already. And we're only 15, 20 minutes in another nine minutes left. And they got to wrap everything up. Like I thought that was probably my biggest takeaway. The other thing too, the pikes coming back was awesome. They are a very cool part of, of Star Wars. And I'm, I'm hoping we can see them in live action at some point um, just because they're badass and like their voices are cool and scary. And like, it's, you know, when it comes to crime syndicates, it's like the huts is what you usually think of. Right. Star Wars, but we, we forget about the Pikes who are, have a big role in Clone Wars, obviously. And now they're back. And I, I was happy to see that. I thought that was a really good addition. The, what's the guy, the horny guy's name? <laughs> The horny devil guy with the perfect bone structure. What's that guy's name? Uh, Roland Devros. Yeah. I think, uh, Roland. No, no, no. Excuse me. Devros. Why did I say Devros? Uh, it's Roland Durand. So and... Roland Durand, he's the same race as that horny guy from uh, A New Hope <laughs> in the Cantina, the devil guy who's like this. Yeah. If you guys remember that. Uh, he's a Deveronian, I think. A Deveronian. Yes. And fun fact about that, actually, I believe the guy who made the masks for that, uh, who, who actually did the prosthetics for that, just a little side note tangent for A New Hope. He was a guy that George Lucas worked with. I think he worked on um, Werewolf in London as well, was another movie oh, that right. he helped do the special effects for and stuff. And George Lucas had approached him about coming up with some aliens for the bar for the scene. And he just gave him like a bunch of masks that he would just kind of like messing around on. And he was just on his wall. He's like, I'm just going to give him all these things. So it just was, it was something that was like sitting in his studio and George Lucas was like, all right, perfect. That looks like something from this universe. And so that race <laughs> is born, the Dev- Devilonians, whatever. Deveron- uh, Deveronian. Yeah. So like, 
I don't know. It's kind of a cool, cool side story. And he, I, 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 there's only one shot of him in a new hope. You just see him for two seconds. And it's this creepy, like devil guy. And um, so we get to see that race come back. So I saw that and I'm like, all right, cool. Like it's little things like that, that I appreciate. And that guy was actually kind of likable. I thought the whole thing was, was well done. And uh, not only did you get the Indiana Jones vibes, but you get Lord of the Rings vibes here when they're in the caverns, um, the classic knocking the flashlight down, very similar to, Pippin when they're in the mines of Moria and he knocks the big book down in the abandoned mines and Gandalf gives my favorite line in the entire movie I think which is fool of a took throw yourself in next time and rid us of your stupidity love that that's a hundred percent a callback to that they do it twice not once but twice the other callback thing I noticed that was kind of interesting and I don't know if this was on purpose or not but it felt like it was was when they're in that the hive is coming up right and it's they're going out of the cavern I get Batman Begins vibes there. It looks like, you know, the bats went in the Batcave. And then the music actually sounds very similar at that in that scene to The Dark Knight Rises, which is like the and it sounds very similar in this episode. So I think maybe that was was kind of a paying homage to it. Could have been, or maybe I'm just reading into it too much, but I thought that was cool. And I agree with you on everything. The setup of this was great. The bringing the pikes back in was awesome. The animation was very cool. Action sequences, fantastic. So overall, good episode, but I agree with you. A little misplaced in terms of where they put it in the season, but I'm fine. I'm easygoing. I don't care. It's not, a, that's not ruining the show for me by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Great thoughts, by the way. I mean, you and I always think very similarly on what we notice. Yeah. So I feel like- well, it's constantly- weird. It's almost like we're related or something. I know. <laughs> so strange. I, I agree with what, you had to say on the episode um overall good just misplaced a little bit i am getting kind of tired of seeing how many people complain um on episodes weekly like when they don't line up with their expectations going back to what you and i were saying a few weeks ago like just wait until the show is finished and then judge it as a whole i mean like when i got on the internet after i watched this episode i was shocked at how much negativity i saw in response to this episode i was like okay guys it was misplaced, but it wasn't a bad story. Yeah. <laughs> like, can we chill a little bit? <laughs> like, yeah. the, the thing that gets me is people get frustrated when there are too many character cameos in this show. And then they also get frustrated when there aren't any character cameos in this show. And then they'll be mad if we have a slower paced episode after a super fast paced one. I'm like, guys, this is just how TV works. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't go all out every single episode. That's not how this works. And also like, I'm just, I'm happy with whatever it's content we're getting from, from Star Wars and I, it's being well done. It's not like they're half-assing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They are putting a lot of thought and energy into this stuff and I'm, I'm here for the ride, you know? Mm-hmm. And like you said, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but let's, let's hold our, uh, our, our criticisms till it's all done. Right. And let's, mm-hmm. let's say, all right it's wrapped up. Let's look at it as a holistic picture of what the entire season was because we don't know how this is going to end and it could tie everything better together. And there's always episodes of TV where you walk away and you're like, that wasn't as crazy as I thought it'd be, but whatever, you know, I'm not going to get mad and get on Twitter or Facebook. Like I hated this episode. It's not productive. I don't want, I I don't like negativity. I don't like any of that. I don't, I, I want, let's stay as positive as we can about these things. I concur. Yep. 
yeah, so that's that's just my two cents on it. But some some talking points that I do want to hit today. So the first off, the the character that we are introduced to in this episode, Roland uh, Durand. I want to say Devros. Why do I want to say? I feel like that's a Doctor Who character name. <laughs> Roland Durand sounds like a band from the eighties. <laughs> So it's, or, mean- like a, or like an artist from the 80s. Like Roland Durant had a one-hit wonder in 1984 <laughs> called Go, Go, Go. And it's like by Roland Durant. He's like, go, 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 go. I need to go, go, go. That's more like 50s, but whatever. You get the p- picture. Yeah. So Roland Durant, one-hit wonder from the 1980s. Interesting character. He and we didn't do reaction videos this week. So just side note, we didn't do those. But when I watched it, the first thought I had when I saw Roland is I thought he was a pre-existing character from Star Wars Rebels named Vizago. In Star Wars Rebels, there is a character, a smuggler named Vizago that the ghost crew do a lot of uh, trading with. And he's like a very sleazy, creepy character. And so at first thought, I thought Roland was Vizago, but it turns out that's not the case because Vizago has an accent and Roland's a little attractive <laughs> a little too attractive Roland's, to be uh, he's, he's, yeah, he, he's uh he's kind of a likable hunk he reminds <laughs> like, me about his bone structure is very similar to the uh the the mandalore like guards in like the first two seasons of, of clone work oh, before they right. figured out the animation their chins are like super pointy <laughs> and like their cheekbones are just like a mile high and they're like just chiseled greek gods yeah. he kind of looked like that I love that they're they're just throwing these men out weekly now. I mean, I like they're like, no, you get a you get a great look, you get a great look, you get a great look. Just throwing hot aliens and and clones and stuff I all know. over the place. So that was my first thought on Roland. Another thought I had is I thought that Roland's henchmen, I thought that they were inquisitors when I first saw. Ah, yeah, they did have kind of an inquisitorial vibe. Who were they, by the way? Like, where did they, think, those guys come from? And why are I, they so loyal to Roland Durand, one hit wonder from the 80s? It, it sounds like Roland Durand is part of a uh, big crime boss family. And the Roland is trying to assert himself as a part of like a, like, like I can do this because my mother did it. He has that little moment with Omega where they're talking about that. And he's like, I'm trying to impress my parents. Yeah, and he's trying to assert himself, I guess, in this crime world. And I so guess he's those- kind of like the he's kind of like the bounty hunter from season one of Mandalorian. That's that yeah. uh, guy who's trying to get into the guild. Yeah. Huh. So I think I, I I thought that the henchmen looked like inquisitors, but it looks like they're just henchmen. Uh, big talking point: the Pikes are in this episode. Yep. And for those who don't know, the Pikes are basically the druggies of the Star Wars universe. Yep. <laughs> and they first appeared They're in- Spice Traders. They first appeared in season five of Clone Wars, and they also appeared in season seven of Clone Wars. And basically, they're just super into spice and drugs. And they what is were- spice, by the way? Is that I like the weed of the Star Wars universe? Is I feel it like, like K2, it is. maybe? I feel uh, like it's the weed of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> What is spice? Because Han talks about hauling spice, doesn't he? Yeah. Smuggling spice. Yeah. So maybe Han's on a little bit of the uh, the uh, the sauce. I don't really know what they mean. <laughs> I don't like like maybe it's like oregano. <laughs> it's it like, be, maybe it's just know. delicious. Yeah. Maybe it's just like cumin and oregano, and maybe some chili powder and t- turmeric. <laughs> I That's don't what the spice. <laughs> they're just very protective of their legal <laughs> spices. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what spices, but the pikes are interesting because if you remember, they were a part of, if you remember in season five of Clone Wars, they were a part of the Shadow Collective that Maul and Previsla formed when they were yeah. trying to take over Mandalore initially. What about post Vizsla? <laughs> Stop. That's a terrible joke. <laughs> that was kind of funny. But the Pikes were part of the Shadow Collective that Maul started. So one of the places my mind went during this episode is, okay, maybe this is a reach. Maybe not. But whenever I see the Pikes, I automatically think Darth Maul. Because yeah. he created the Shadow Collective with Pre Vizsla. And at the end of the Clone Wars, there is a, a scene in the final Siege of Mandalore arc where he is talking to um, the Pikes, I think the Black Sun, and um what's his face from solo oh god dryden voss is so his name dryden voss yes so dryden voss so maul is having a conversation with all of these characters during the final siege of mandalore arc and so whenever i think of the pikes i automatically think of maul because maul is running the the black market like underground like he goes off and he has control of that as we've seen in solo a big yep. part of that being like Crimson Dawn and the crime syndicates. And we know that Maul has like been trying to take control. So maybe this is a stretch, but when I saw the Pikes, I was like, oh, are we getting like a Maul connection here? Or is that too far of a reach? Oh yeah. Might be a little far of a reach, but you got to theorize on these things. It very well could be. I mean, I hope so. He Maul's around. He's doing something. He's up to something right now. And it could definitely be some kind of connection there. The Pikes are kind of brutal too. They're a, they're a scary, good like element to this world, to the show. I'm glad they brought him in. I think that's really cool. Um, I thought they were going to kill Roland Duran. Um, oh, dude, same. I thought they caught off his head. Well, yeah, me too. But which wouldn't surprise me because if we talk, while we're on the topic of pre-Vizsla, there's pre-Vizsla, then post-Vizsla is obviously what Maul does to his big fat head, which is he cuts it off. Okay, spoiler <laughs> alert. Which is brutal. So like they will do that. They will like, Lucas animation has no problem with, with doing stuff like that. So I did think I was like, Oh, if they cut his head off, that's gnarly, but they didn't, they ended up just cutting off his horn, which this was actually one of the funnier moments of the episode for me is when Omega looks at him. She's like, are you okay? It's like, what? No, dude, I'm not. They cut my horn off. I'm obviously not okay. It reminds me of that scene from the office where Pam slaps Michael and uh, cause Michael was sleeping with Pam's mom and Pam's like, are you okay after she slaps him and he's like no <laughs> that's how i would have reacted someone cuts my horn off i'd be i would be upset okay that's part of your whole look it's got to be like a culture thing for them too yeah Whereas like you cut off the horn it's like you have dishonored your family yeah, yeah. <laughs> could totally so I thought that was a little a little funny, but sorry, just I'm I'm taking us on all sorts of tangents today. <laughs> what else is new? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Welcome uh, to another Star Wars podcast where Melissa tries to talk about the show and Matt just deviates from everything she talks about <laughs> and ruins the rhythm of the show. Sorry. <laughs> Smash your siblings. This is normal for our family. It really is. <laughs> other things of note that I wanted to talk about the infestation. So I honestly thought that the creatures that come up and attack them the earlings are the what they're called yeah the earlings whatever they are I so, thought for, so, so for star wars so here's here's a perfect comparison right here for the star wars fans and geeks who know everything melissa knows they're the earlings i'm a regular guy watching this show they're bees <laughs> all right they're big 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 bees and they're in a hive so she says they're earlings i say they're bees and that's how 
boom, we connect. So I can talk to the people who've never watched the show and you can talk to the people who know the show and love it very well. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, another so- tangent. <laughs> so Erlings or the bees, whatever you prefer. Uh, <laughs> I thought, I legitimately thought like the first time we heard them, I thought they were going to be like spiders from yeah because they have the webs Rings. and stuff right yeah. so they have webs so i initially thought and when i watched it i yelled i was like if this is gonna be like anything from the, like that scene from lord of the rings i don't remember which one with the spiders i don't remember the- that's uh when, when they're in she loves lair and return of the king where sam has to go fight she right uh that is very similar similar right. vibes there so that scene super scary scene yes <laughs> that scene as a kid scared me to death i like i had yeah. nightmares about that that was the scariest thing i ever like saw as a child so going back to this episode i thought that they were going to do something like that and i was just holding my breath because i was like oh god please don't <laughs> i also thought of for all you Whovians out there, you Doctor Who fans, I know, Matt, that you've never seen an episode of Doctor Who, but <laughs> there is a creature in an episode of Doctor Who, The Runaway Bride, uh, called the Rachnos or something like that. And so I thought it was going to be like the Rachnos from Doctor Who, <laughs> like something like that. You Sounds like a spidery name because of the name Rack, not like a yes. Rachnid. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. called like Rachnos and it attacks the doctor and his companion, Donna. And so I thought that it was going to be something like that, but it didn't. They were more like bees. Um, but I thought the design of that web area and just kind of like the tension that they build uh, as you're going through that scene, I thought that was incredibly well done. And I got yeah. a huge kick out of it. Despite being yeah, I mean, that was really, it was a very tense, it was a very tense scene. It was, it was one of the more tense scenes, I think, in the season when you're there because no one likes bugs. Uh, <laughs> but it's also like the buildup. It's like, you can hear the, right? Oh, I also thought that they were going to be uh, like the Geonosians. Yeah, I, I kind of thought they'd be like, uh, cause she said hive. So I'm like, it's gonna be some kind of insect thing. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, King Kong as well. Uh, the new one with Jack Black. Oh, right. Where they, that's one of the most terrifying scenes when they're fighting all these massive bugs and they get eaten by bugs. Like most of the crew gets eaten by these huge like mm-hmm. centipedes and spiders and stuff. That's also <laughs> a terrifying scene in a movie um, that no one talks about enough, but it's kind of similar to that, how they come up out of nowhere and they're attacking them and stuff. But, and then they have to go back and get all the stuff again. And then uh, luckily Echo, uh, not Echo, Tech had everything worked out. Yeah, with that awesome light explosion. Yeah, so good thing he was there. (laughs) Otherwise they'd be screwed. They also had uh, some great, great nods, like we talked about to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom with the minecart chase reference. So that was awesome. Yeah. I immediately caught on to that. Yeah. Like when they were going through, I was like, oh, Lucasfilm owns Indiana Jones. Of course they yep. would do a reference like that. So that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, with Omega as short round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Essentially what it was. No, uh, who's the screaming chicken temple of doom? I hate her so much. Uh, we're not flying. We crashing. Uh, no, not short one? round. No, that's what she says. That's what Donna says. Or not Donna. What? <laughs> Indiana Jones. Temple of Doom chick. That's what I'm typing in. You know, Willie Scott. Willie. Willie? I didn't even know that was her name. I thought her name was like something generic, like Laura. Like, no, it's I- Willie. She's the oh. one who, yeah, she's the one who yells. Come, they're in that raft coming out of the plane, right? Yeah. It's just like, it's it's such a, that movie is the worst Indiana Jones. It's so bad. It, but, it, uh, honestly, I don't mind that movie, but what ruins it for me is her. 
she's terrible she ruins the movie for me i don't think that movie is awful i just think she was should not be there yeah, she's not great. But the other two, Indiana Joneses, and we don't even talk about the last one because I don't think it even deserves to be talked about. But the the first two, I mean, the first and last Indiana Joneses are easily the best. Oh, for sure. For sure. But this isn't another Indiana Jones podcast, is it? It's another Star Wars podcast. So back back to the point, uh, the camera shakes with Sid and Wrecker when they're trying to get the boxes to come up. When they're, oh, yeah. The camera shakes when they were dropping down into the uh, the web, I that felt like I was watching a like a live action movie, but it was just being applied to animation. Yeah, they're that really getting the hang awesome. of the stuff and making it feel very realistic. And I just, I you know, it would be it'd be cool if the show could be longer. Like I feel like thirty minutes almost it, it restricts them to having to fit everything in. Like I like what Mandalorian did, where some episodes were like an hour, some were thirty five minutes, some were forty two minutes, you know, and you, you can tell the story in as much time as is needed. I kind of hope that's something we might be able to see with an animated show like this in the future, because even though the writing was very good, you could tell they were constrained to that 30 minute mm-hmm. time frame. And if you, these episodes can be longer, you can build out the tension more and build the story out more and just develop it a little bit more. So I'm hoping that, you know, that in conjunction with what you're talking about, these like realistic camera shake elements and stuff like it. And the, the, the writing and, and stuff can really develop, I think, a lot more and make the show a lot more entertaining. Um, but I think you're totally right. They're really honing in on those, those little aspects that make the show feel so much more real. Right. And I think, I think that that's what separates them from other animated shows and like things that are going on in the industry right now. Like Lucasfilm has always been pushing that bar and trying to break it since Clone Wars. And I feel like they're getting further and further and further than any other animation studio I've seen recently. So to see them bring those elements from live action and go, hey, how can we apply this to animation is insane to me. And I I hope they keep doing that. And I hope that Disney keeps funding these projects because I would hate it to see be like get cut off right as they're finding their stride, which is exactly what the show is doing right now. Yeah, it totally is. I, I, they're, they're definitely hitting their stride. And what do we have four episodes left? Um, we're on the 13th. No, we have three. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. What's going to happen? Intrigue. It could be a big three part arc. Who knows? I honestly, I think the next episode is called, um, war mantle, like project war mantle. I think that's what the next episode is called. Interessanto. And I know the last two episodes are a two parter for sure. Well, Buckle in, kids. Uh, what's it called? Project War Mantle? Yeah, Project War Mantle. It's first mentioned in Rogue One. Right. I remember that now. Um, that's the one they talk about when she's trying to find the uh, Stardust file, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And War Mantle, they, they mentioned it also in another episode of uh, I, I think the first, the first one, like the very first episode it was mentioned. First or yeah. second, I'm sure. Admiral Rampart said something about it, right? Yep, Peter Pumpkin. Your pumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but I know that these last three episodes are probably going to be very crosshair heavy. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that needs to tie in. Now that you mentioned that war mantle thing, it's like they kind of brought it up. We haven't really seen Tarkin in a while. They kind of have a lot of stuff they I think they need to wrap up here in the next couple episodes. Right, which is why I think a lot of the arguments around this episode were rooted in good cause. I think they were rooted in good cause because they have so much that they need to tie together and they don't really have a lot of time to spare yeah but also maybe like they're gonna do all of that they've always planned on doing that in the next three episodes but they had another maybe they're like oh we're making 16 we can tell it in less than 16 
we'll have a couple episodes in there just for like, you know, for fun. That's going to be like action, cool little things here and there, like put the pikes in or have, you know, Cad Bane or whatever. Like, right. There's those little things I think oh. they can add. So they'll definitely tie it in. It's like, I'm not worried about it. I think they'll, they'll tie it up. And if they don't, then, uh, then we can criticize it. But until then, let's see where it goes. I agree. I completely agree. Um, final thoughts. D. Bradley Baker is just a god when it comes to voice acting, but every single time he does like a scream as one of the clones, he reverts back to the character Wally Beatles from Kids Next Door. <laughs> like every time he does like a dramatic oh. clone scream, all I can think of is the character Wally Beatles. Because <laughs> I've never so, seen that show. It, it's it's a it's from two thousand three. It's it's about like a bunch of kids who are like secret agents and are trying to defeat the tyranny of adulthood. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so every time he screams, like every time D Bradley Baker, like does a massive screaming effect, he sounds like the character Wally Beatles that he played in that show. So it just yeah. makes me laugh. <laughs> I didn't know he was in that. That's pretty funny. Oh man. D Bradley Baker has been in everything that you and I grew up watching. Wow. Like you could probably name a project and I'd be like, yeah, he's been in that. Final thoughts, Matt. Any final, final thoughts? No, no final thoughts. I think we covered everything. I, I, I'm not going to criticize this episode. I thought it was relatively good. I know you told me, you're like, you texted me before I watched it. And you're like, there wasn't that much that happened here, which is true. It didn't really move a ton of the plot forward, but I thought it was an interesting episode. We get to see the Pikes, which is cool. Great action sequences, some cool little Easter eggs in there regarding Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, that kind of thing. Maybe Batman Begins. I'll have to go back and watch that and make sure that I am correct in my uh, assessment there. But uh, overall, it's good. They packed a lot in. I got my biggest thing is hats off to the writers for cramming all that stuff in and writing so succinctly. But we'll see what happens in these next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, we didn't do any questions today either, but that's fine. I think let's save that stuff for um, the big episodes. The big episodes. So when we'll have that leading up, I guess, for these last three. So yeah. And we're probably going to have some longer episodes. I'm going to assume with the last three, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to throw a lot in there. So we'll have plenty of time to unpack that. But as always, guys, thank you for tuning in. If you are new to the show, you should give us a follow at star underscore wars underscore pod at both Instagram and Twitter. Or you can follow us here on YouTube, which is just another Star Wars podcast. We are also on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Apple, Apple, Apple's another one I keep forgetting. And all of that will be in the link below. Yeah. And subscribe on Spotify and subscribe on Apple and then leave a review on Apple if you can, because that actually does help boost the rankings and stuff. Um, and even if you just leave a five-star review or uh, or a comment, that helps. So we appreciate you guys. Leave, you guys have been leaving a lot of comments on the YouTube channel too, which we, we, read, we read them all. So we appreciate it. Keep doing that. We love the, the commentary you guys provide as well. Um, and then, yeah, I guess we'll probably do a reaction video next week. We didn't do them this week, yes. but um, stay tuned for that. But until then, great episode. Any, any last things? Nope. I think we covered pretty much everything. We'll see you guys right. next week uh, with our reaction videos in the next episode of Bad Batch Breakdown. See ya. See you later.